0: This episode is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, So I got a box of four different Magic Spoon cereals in the mail this week. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry. And it was uh, the highlight of my week. absolutely crystal clear delicious boxes of breakfast food that will take you back to your childhood yes diabolical puzzle boxes that will open a portal to an army of extra-dimensional beings who will mercilessly flay your flesh no be safe out there in 86 nm martin wrote the first book of what became of a- Time, the club, club. Did you know that this is our twentieth episode today? Okay. I don't know. That seems like a landmark, right? You ever think? You ever think when we started this little venture, just two of us with a, a couple mics and a dream, that we'd we'd ha- we'd be twenty episodes deep one yeah. day? Yeah. Yeah, I did. You did.
1: Because we we are we commit commit to the things we set out to do yeah we're we're both achievers driven yep achievement oriented Mm -hmm. creative individuals and when you said we need to commit ourselves to at least 35 episodes of this show because there's 35 canonical Anne m martin penned babysitter club books Mm -hmm. i told you yeah man yeah i'm in good and here right. we are at episode 20. We still have a long haul in front of us. We still yeah. have 15 canonical books and about, what, 120 non-canonical books?
0: And to put a wrinkle in the whole canonical situation, I did a little bit of research and learned that even after Ann M. Martin stopped directly writing every single book, yeah. she retained editorial oversight. She wasn't doing anything, oh, man.
1: She was, just, she was in a, in a coke haze in Princeton somewhere letting her
0: insane like like <laughs> <Yeah>. increasingly <laughs> terrifying books about like dull people uh-huh. living in.
1: She would get a manuscript from some ghostwriter and be like, "Yeah, man, print it. I don't care. Whatever." I am going to Oh, sorry. Th- that was a terrible Anna Martin impression. It, uh it, it, shit, I lost my you can't, Anna and Martin. It was so
0: good and that was it surprised me when you did that Anna Martin impression in Jesse's secret language. You just like pulled out this fucking right from inside you Long Island accent. Yeah. That's like
1: heavy smoker, heavy smoker. Woman, it was good. Long Island accent. You send me the manuscript. <laughs> I'll take a look. Eddie,
0: give me more blow. <laughs> um, I think that this is definitely increasing our chances of, of getting in. On, sorry, Anne. Onto the podcast. One You're day.
1: a national treasure, and we love you and your works very much. We and I'm you. sorry I do this caricature of you as a New Yorker. But to, I know you lived here for a long time. Yeah. I know you're originally from Princeton, New Jersey. Obviously, we all know that. We're all huge Ann heads. But <laughs> I know you lived here in New York for a long time, and that's just sort of
0: my blank in New York. And if you're listening to this, I I can't describe to you how much of a massive Ann head I am and have been since I was a young man. Yeah, I'm a been. recent Ann head, but yeah. just, just as devoted as jack yeah two two anheads heads right here and when we when we do an impression of you pretending that you're a heavy smoking old person from long island it is it comes from a place of deep love yeah and that it's just it just shows how much of anheads heads we are that sometimes we we get carried away yeah i want to say briefly before i intro this book about the the doll people series (laughs) um just really quickly because i don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it this is not a doll heavy book but i don't either because i want to get be able to get to sleep tonight one of our original baby boys from baby nation friend of the podcast baby joel yeah did some research into ann m martin's doll people series and figured out that the living doll that populates this series is named annabelle right and Annabelle is the name of a very famous haunted doll in American lore. Right, star of the hit horror film of, I'm going to guess, 2014, Right, Annabelle. And he further told me that Annabelle is based in Connecticut.
1: I don't want you to spoil too much because, as stated, we've only got 150 yeah. canonical books in this, and then we're going to have to move on. You think we're going to do the doll people?
0: Yeah. I, I think, think we're going to
1: have to eventually if I this if this forget what you heard about uh cereal, mm-hmm. forget this American life, forget planet money. That's chump change. Yeah. Forget WTF with Mark Marin. No one's going to remember those in 20 years time. Yeah. No one's going to remember those cuz everyone's going to be listening to The Babysitter's Club club starring Jack Shepard and Tanner Greenring and they're going to say, "Hey, uh let's role play." Okay. Great. Good.
0: Good. This is a good start. The year? Okay. 2036.
1: Okay. All podcasts are dead except for one. <laughs> the one. The Babysitters the Club Club. The Babysitters Club Club. club. Mm-hmm. They have essentially run the gamut of American literature. Mm-hmm. They started with the Babysitters Club. Mm-hmm. They moved on to the Little Sister series. Mm-hmm. They moved on to Babysitters Club Mysteries. Mm-hmm. They moved on to. The kids of Mrs. Pembroke's class. Mm-hmm. They moved on to. The Doll People series by Ann Martin. Mm-hmm. They moved on to Sweet Valley High. They moved on to the works of Shakespeare. They moved on to Proust. They moved on to the modernist movement of the 20th century. They're they're just tearing through all American literature. Mm-hmm. You and I are young women <laughs> in the year 2036. Okay. My name is Michaela. Okay. Your name is Lakeland. Great. Hey, Lakeland. Yeah, Michaela. Did you listen to this week's The Babysitter's Club Club?
0: I didn't listen to it, uh, but it was on my fourth wall TV device uh, because it's the only show that there is.
1: Yeah. Do you ever wonder why it's called The Babysitter's Club Club? In my time, all they've ever discussed is like the works of the German romantic author Goethe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't really understand why it's called the Babysitter's Club Club. Do you you have any idea?
0: I think right now I'm catching up on the part where they talk about dystopian literature and Orwell and Yevgeny Zamyatin's We. Uh Um, And I just assumed that it was called the Babysitter's Club Club because they're babysitting us and they look after us as... People who consume culture, which is what they create.
1: Well, they are the chosen ones, and they do look after us. Later today, we should go pray at the altar of Jack Shepard and Tanner Greening in the town <laughs> I, center.
0: I find it deeply subversive, Michaela, that you are suggesting that there is some alternative narrative in which later today we don't go and pray at the altar. Nope, of that Jack was a Shepherd.
1: test, and you passed. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm th- I'm a member of the secret police. So- <laughs>
0: Well, you just passed my test. Now you do not have to be executed. uh, I'm so pleased to hear you say that. It gives me great joy. Uh, Hi, hi, Michaela.
1: Hi, hi, Lakeland.
0: And hi, hi, Baby Nation. And welcome to the Babysitter's Club Club 2016, where we talk...
1: The the, the throwback (laughs) episode.
0: (laughs) This blast from the past episode is gonna focus on a little known quaint series from the eighties by American novelist Ann M. Martin. The twenty eighties? <laughs> no, the nineteen eighties. <1980s>. What? <laughs> yep. A little known no, know we had uh <laughs> the written alphabet back then. <laughs> we certainly did, and there are some who think that the, the written word was invented by this author, this ancient author, mm-hmm. Anne M. Martin. Uh huh. Who penned with a, a fountain pen and paper the great but forgotten works known as the Babysitter's Club books? This week. They what, sat on babies? They sat on babies. That's, that is why we never talk about the 1980s or the 1900s or the 2000s. This week, what I want to talk about for our <laughs> listeners is a little book that is called Claudia and the Bad Joke.
1: <laughs> Speaking of bad jokes, gotcha, baby nation. <laughs> it's not, it's not twenty six
0: eighty eight or anything. It's just twenty sixteen. We were just joking around. Listen, we read a book this week, did we not? I guess, sir. Yeah, we read yeah, a yeah. book. It was called Claudia and the Bad Joke. Yeah. Here's what I want to do for the baby nation. Uh-huh. And if you're just dipping into this podcast, first of all, I'm deeply sorry if this is the first episode that you're listening. to. We're gonna to.
1: have to stop apologizing because. If you get 15 seconds in and it's a dystopian future in which Lakeland and Michaela are discussing neo-modern literature, (laughs) like, you know you fucked up. Yeah, Like, you're like, oh, this is a bad place to dip in. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to either rewind a few episodes or more likely just start at ep one.
0: We're just going to, yeah, we're just going to go to the beginning. We're going to go to the beginning back when they talked about the fucking books. Here's what I'm going to do, Baby Nation. I'm going to assume that some of you didn't do your fucking homework Didn't read the book? Didn't read the book this week. I'm going to give him a nugget. I'm going to give him a little blurb, like the little back of the book, a little glance to see what happened this week. Then, as is tradition, I'm going to put 60 seconds on the timer, and you are going to fill in the details. Are you happy with that, Tanner? Yeah. Listen to me. Here's what happened in Claudia and the Bad Joke book number 19 in the Babysitter's Club series. Little Betsy Soback seems like a pretty normal kid. She likes to read, play with her friends, and make harmless, practical jokes. But something is not quite right with little Betsy Sobek. and when local babysitter Claudia Kishi starts to notice this, she immediately starts having... accidents. As the accidents start to look more and more like catastrophes, what initially looked like a bad joke may very well end up being quite serious. Deadly Serious, Claudia, and the
1: Bad Joke. You made it sound like someone died.
0: <laughs> no one dies. Okay, well, let's fill. why don't you fill that in for us, my friend? To me, I will say that it's the most serious thing that's happened in the Babysitter's Club since the event that you and I will not mention because it makes us sad.
1: Did Mimi have a stroke before or after the thing that we won't mention because it makes us too sad? Before. Yeah, then I agree.
0: Listen to me. I'm going to put 60 seconds on this clock, and you're going to fill in for the Baby Nation exactly what happened in this book. Are you ready to do that? Yes. All right, let's go now.
1: Tell you what, Baby Nation, we're looking at a bu- 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 prank war. <laughs> <laughs> Prank War hits Stony Brook, Connecticut. All the girls go and watch a movie marathon featuring slapstick, pranky, and silent movies from the vaudeville era. Everyone gets prank fever, and everyone starts pranking one another. There's a new girl in town. Jack said her name a minute ago. Sabowski?
0: Betsy Soback.
1: Betsy Soback. She loves pranks. She orders pranks from a catalog. She pranks Claudia, breaks her leg. Uh... Claudia goes to the hospital for a few weeks. She comes out. She doubts whether or not she wants to stay in the babysitter's club. She does anyway. Everyone keeps pranking Betsy. Betsy learns a lesson. Prank war over.
0: we got 10 more seconds. What do you want to say?
1: Uh, I think that itching powder has asbestos in it, and you shouldn't put it on cookies, which is what Betsy Zabowski did.
0: That's one minute. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, You glossed over exactly how Claudia breaks her leg. Prank. It's a bad joke. Betty to me is an utterly terrifying character. You think she's an agent of chaos? No, I don't think she's an agent of chaos. It's just the 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 moment that this prank happens is a little bit chilling to me. Betty is like obsessed with pranking people and then she figures out Claudia's like look let's let's stop with the pranking i'm just trying to babysit like let's go sit on the swings and betsy's like oh yeah that's perfect let's go sit on the swings let's go try to swing as high as we can what claudia doesn't know is that the swing is broken and in a really bad way and betsy knows that right they do this fucking crazy swinging and claudia like tries to get as high as she can And the swing that eggs are on, and Betsy's like, hire Claudia, hire Claudia, hire Claudia, and then she fucking flies out of the swing because like the chain breaks, and she just like shatters her leg in four places, and that's not what freaked me out. What the thing that freaked me out. Is that Betsy keeps swinging in that moment? It's stated in the text. Yeah, Betsy just keep like Claudia's like, "Oh, I think I broke my leg. I think I broke my leg." And Betsy's just like she like gets this like rictus grin on her face, like ah, something went wrong, <laughs> but like just keeps like, yeah. That is fucking terrifying. Yeah,
1: Betsy, so back. Yeah. Is an agent of chaos. Yeah. She, she is from the great expanses of chaos that exists just beyond the borders of her own universe. Okay. She's like the Joker from the Batman mythology. Yeah. She's just here to inflict as much random, tyrannical chaos in this plane as she's able to. Yeah. Before she fucks off back to her own planes of madness. Yeah. And not, you know, I'm not implying that Betsy Sobak is some kind of demon or angel or something like that. She's of this earth, but she is corrupted. Yeah. She is an
0: agent of chaos. Yeah. I think there's there's no question about that. Like, I wrote down under my section for her that Betsy Sobak is sick. She's eight years old, and all she can think about is pranks. Everything that she does is prank related, which is, like, if you think about it, like, it's funny at first... But it's an insane way of relating to the world and to the people around you is to constantly be lying and tricking them.
1: I just think, I think she, as an agent of chaos, just acts in the moment. She does whatever she thinks will be the most disruptive and entertaining thing. There's times where she allows herself to be coerced by the agents of order in this world, the Babysitters Club, right? And she'll play a game of Monopoly or do whatever, you know?
0: Yeah, and it's like it's it's all the same to her. It's like like the definition of a psychopath. Yeah, Um, what those of us in the business call chaotic neutral. No, she's chaotic evil.
1: She's chaotic evil, and here's why. Okay, she's capable of evil. Okay, chaotic neutrals are still they still have some morality. Right. They won't allow themselves... Despite the fact that they will allow anything to happen, yeah. they will still prevent harm or injury to others. Mm-hmm. Chaotic Evil have no bar. Yeah. They'll just do whatever. Fuck it. Yeah. She's
0: Chaotic Evil. Um, I liked that you picked up on this idea of the Babysitter's Club as agents of order in a chaotic world because the central theme of this novel... Which you touched on a little bit in your summary is that Claudia, after breaking her leg in this disaster, has this existential crisis where she starts to think that she needs to leave babysitting.
1: I know, man. I bet you feel like a real fool for blowing your Boepheus wad last week,
0: huh? Oh, I do feel like a fool over blowing it my- it seems
1: like there's a lot of Boefeus.
0: Did you fucking notice that in this book, they literally have a scene where Claudia and Mimi are watching the Wheel of Fortune? Did you yeah. notice it? Yeah, I caught it. Man. You caught it. But
1: guess what? You already talked about Boefius and that's- I have in that, that, no, that matter is behind us.
0: No, that matter is behind us. And Baby Nation, if you want to go back to the previous episode and- Jack would not fucking
1: shut up about this (laughs) asshole named Boethius from the 6th century who wrote some book called The Wheel of Fortune.
0: No, he mentions The Wheel of Fortune in a book called The Consolation of Philosophy. What I love is that you got incepted with my thoughts on Boethius and The Wheel of Fortune and you fucking, you saw it. You started to see it. I couldn't not, man. It's it's what this entire book. book
1: was about. This book was about PTSD. It was about someone contemplating their own fate, their own mortality, thinking, what if the wheel of fortune turns? What if something happens and all of a sudden tomorrow, I can't paint i can't fulfill my creative vision
0: i'm so excited that you're on the same page with me that you saw this same shit this is what it is there's a fucking scene where literally mimi and claudia are watching the wheel of fortune which came up last episode it's from boethius the wheel of fortune turns one minute you're on top next minute you've fallen off the swing you broke your leg Chaos happens to you, how do you deal with it? In this case, the way that Claudia thinks about this is she thinks, I'm gonna give up babysitting. Maybe I can control my fate, it's about control. Maybe I can control my fucking fate if I give up on babysitting. Babysitting in this book becomes a metaphor for Anne M. Martin obsession hanging onto your youth. If you leave the circle of babysitting, you grow up, you face death. That's the question that Claudia is faced with today. Is, like, I'm a babysitter, but like some bad shit happened to me in the context of me being a babysitter. If I hadn't been a babysitter, this shit hadn't happened. If I give up on babysitting, will that...
1: This is why fatalism is dumb, though, Jack. Okay. Because you can't be afraid of babysitting. You can't be afraid of terrorism. You can't be afraid of a comet smashing into the earth and destroying us all. You can't be afraid of our beautiful yellow sun burning out someday. You just have to live your life. And that's why Boethius and all these fucking fatalists like Claudia Kishi can go suck an egg.
0: Wow. Because you just have to live your life, Jack. That was beautiful. You really won me over with that. Listen, I want to change the subject real quick. Yeah. Because... We've been talking for a long time, and we haven't addressed the obvious references that Anna Martin is making to the Commedia del Arte mm-hmm. of the Cinquecento and the Seicento.
1: Is that the laughing mask and the sad mask? Mm, not the, quite. In, uh, fr- my friend, one a friend of mine from high school. Yeah, he lettered. He lettered in. Yeah, theater, mm-hmm. which is something you could do at my high school.
0: Okay, that's a cool high school.
1: Um, so you get the varsity jacket, you get the letter.
0: Wait, really? Yeah. That's it, not that that like I have I am sensitive to nerdery of all kinds. Uh, but I got a fucking letter in wrestling, which is a real sport.
1: Uh-huh. So is theater. No. Anyway, please. Anyway, my friend, he got a letter, like mm-hmm. an embroidered patch. Good. For his letter jacket. Mm hmm. And on the embroidered patch was a little embroidered crying mask, happy mask. Oh,
0: that, that, for some reason, like, I'm not a jock. I'm not a jockey dude. And I think everybody should let their light shine. But there's something that feels wrong about that. <laughs> That's all. But listen, did you not catch that? Like, you, you know the Commedia dell'arte. Oh, it's sure. Like,
1: the Commedia dell'arte.
0: Yeah, it's the. the don't just, you're doing a thing where you just like try to s- anticipate what no, I'm no, going to no, say? No, no, I'm just just to l- seem seem like you're on the same page. No, I'm
1: I'm right there with you. Here's
0: a great here's a great way to seem like you're engaged is listen to what I say and then you can react to it in yeah. an intelligent way. Um the Commedia dell'arte is like the beginnings of the beginnings of the de- <laughs> It's the beginnings. uh, I mean, if we're setting aside Plautus and Terence and like the Roman Roman, playwrights, but it's It's the the modern modern in the modern era. era. It's the beginnings of slapstick. Oh,
1: slapstick comedy and (laughs) sort of the. Do you want to talk about it? You want to take the lead on this? Yeah. No, I feel like we're both sort of handling it together. I think we're doing a really good (laughs) job here. It's and, the beginnings of the modern slapstick movement, setting aside the sort
0: of Roman tradition. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I think the the faster the faster that you let me get through this point, the faster we can move on. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm right there with <laughs> you, man. As you know, yeah. In the Commedia dell'arte, there are many mm, stock characters. Yep. And that's what kind of sets it apart. Uh huh. There's the, the doctor, the smug know-it-all.
1: Yep, the doctor, the smug know-it-all. There's a
0: stock character. It's this sort of smug, overeducated know know-it-all who's constantly like talking about his or her deep understanding. Deep understandings, yeah. Don't, don't just repeat what I'm saying. <laughs> Reflect in your mind. The, Janine. Smug, Jesus Christ. I can't believe I had to lead you. <laughs> I said smug know-it-all like seven times.
1: But well, Janine's not really in this book. She's in this book. You didn't pick out the Janine stuff? There's a little Janine stuff, but nothing significant. Look, I want to get through with this point. There are a there's bunch the, of... the doctor. There's the...
0: There's the inamorato. Y- yep, the inamorato, the, handsome, the handsome, mysterious, mysterious lover. lover. Yep named from Louisville, Logan. Logan who <laughs> literally does not appear in this book. Logan shows up and says shit as such a Jeanine. This is a book where like some of our favorite characters made some comebacks. I'm going to I'm going to leave I'm going to leave the Commedia dell'arte behind. I no, let's do No, going through the architects. No. The next one is
1: the the wealthy wealthy old man. Old man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Trip. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: it's mentioned
0: Once in one paragraph. She's going through. These are her stock characters. It's not the main characters. These are Anna Martin's stock characters. These fucking awesome people who we love, who we fucking love. Trip. The Trip Man. The Trip Man is Dawn's mom's fucking dumbass boyfriend.
1: Who she doesn't even like. She likes Mr. fucking Spear. Uh, Don,
0: can I, let me just, Mrs. Schaefer, I don't know what you're doing. I'm I'm sure you're listening. Mrs. Schaefer, if you're listening right now, I don't control your life. I don't control what you do. I don't make your decisions for you. Trip is not right for you, and you know who's fucking right for you? Mr. Spear. Can I address someone real
1: quick? Yeah. Mr. Spear, I know you're listening.
0: Yeah. Go to her. Go to her. Mr. Spear, what are you doing? Go to her. Go to her.
1: Say something. Mr. Spear. I'm giving up on you. (laughs) She'll be the one if you want her to.
0: Mr. Spear, every breath I take, every move I make, I'll be missing you.
1: Mr. Spear, I believe I can fly. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Spear, I believe that together we can touch the sky. (laughs) Mr. Spear, we could be heroes. (laughs) <laughs> just
0: for one day,
1: just for one day. Okay, let's move on. Let's stop quoting songs.
0: Look, this is in the background of this book, The Comedia del Arte. It's obvious she sets the book up. They go to a slapstick film festival. That's where slapstick comes from. Then she has she brings back this cast of characters, this cast of the hilarious doctor, stop the characters, the Joker, you the old man. You know, sometimes it's like you listen to me. It's it, like you listen to me. Even yeah. it doesn't seem like you are, but you listen to me. Yeah. So this book is about pranks there's a lot of pranks and most of them are bad in my mind there are two total good pranks in this book that are actually good Uh one of them is by betsy soback against dawn
1: is it the ice cream one yes yeah
0: the other is by christy against betsy soback
1: oh christy crushes
0: she crushes betsy soback betsy soback apart from the prank that was like just some intense shit where she broke Claudia's leg. Yeah. Most of her pranks are like, hey, hey, I put a fake fly in your ice cube and your water. Ha ha ha. Oh, and it's a dribble cup. Uh, it's just all shit that she got from the magic shop. She does have this one prank against Dawn where she's like, hey, Dawn, I'm really sorry for pulling all these pranks. Let's have ice cream to make up. And Dawn's like, okay. And then she like eats her ice cream. And Dawn's like, I'm a hippie. F- f- like health vegan guy. health nut. Like, I don't want to eat ice cream, but it seems like in the interest of diplomacy, I'll eat this ice cream. She bites into it and the whipped cream is shaving cream. Right. Think about that. Get a toxic. fucking, that's highly toxic. Dawn was worried about eating ice cream because she didn't want to have too much sugar. And instead she ate like this like carcinogenic, gets. like fucking like chemical filled shaving cream. That's going to wreak havoc on her biology. What a
1: potent metaphor.
0: Yeah, what a potent <laughs> metaphor. Christy, oh, Christy, on the other hand... Christy pulls it out. That's your girl. That's your girl, Christy. To
1: teach Betsy Sobeck a fucking lesson. So she invites her to a movie marathon where all of Betsy Sobeck's dumb little eight-year-old friends who all hate her because she's a pranker are all hanging out. And Christy just embarrasses this eight-year-old girl. Just annihilates her. She goes to the movie. She's, they sit down in their seats... Betsy gets up to go buy popcorn. She comes back. Christy has moved seats. Betsy's wandering around the dark movie theater. Oh, Christy, Christy, (laughs) where are you? And she can't find her. And Christy's like, "Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. I'm over here. I moved seats. And of course, the damage is already done. All of Betsy's little friends have noticed, and they've already started parroting her. And
0: in a a moment that I briefly identified with, one of the adults is like, could you all, please shut the fuck up. Like, we're literally trying to watch a movie. <laughs> anyway. Christy changes seats and... Betsy looks like and, a fool. And Betsy looks like a fool in front of her elementary school classmates. She comes back and then Christy is like, hey, want some popcorn? And she gets this bloody thumb prank and puts it over her actual thumb. And when Betsy's reaching for the popcorn, she grabs onto this thumb and then like looks down to see what it is. And it's this like bloody thumb. Yeah, and she like fucking loses her mind. Right, she freaks out. She screams. Everyone in the movie theater is like, "Shut up, shut up!" And like her like friends from school are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe Betsy's like making this fool of herself." Yeah, we'll We'll never be friends with her. We'll ostracize her for the rest of her life. Right. And then like when they're outside, Betsy's like, "I'm like literally eight years old." Christy, like, "What the fuck? Why did you do this?" Best Fiends is a free to download, casual, mobile puzzle game with literally yep. thousands of levels that is boredom's yep. worst nightmare. And yep. uh, if you guys don't remember, Tanner and I have been engaging in a friendly competition yep. uh, between my group of fiends, uh, the Jacks, Jack's jumping Jerks, Jack's jerks, 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 and Tanner's tiny, tiny ticklers. ticklers. Yep. Um, and up until now, we've had some difficulties because while I have been playing through the game at quite a clip and advancing uh, and binging on the game and advancing mm-hmm. from level to level uh, and enjoying more levels, events, and challenges that are added all the time. Um, Tanner, you've tended to have trouble um, getting your phone started. My if,
1: phone wasn't working, but yeah. I have gotten it to work, Jack, okay, and I've, I've, I feel like I've caught up with you in Best yeah. Fiends. Um,
0: okay, that's great to hear. I'm
1: really I'm, I'm here to engage with you on it and, and talk about kind of our experiences playing the game. I do love the game. I just had a lot of phone troubles up until now. Okay, well, I'm glad but you're back. But now I'm, I'm embracing it. I'm playing it. I'm having so much fun with it. I love it.
0: Uh, download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Holy shit! That's sh- Friends without the R. Best this thing just lit up. Fiends. Okay. Well, this is great.
1: Whoa, that's a <laughs> lot of notifications. <laughs> Jack, we've yes. been talking a whole lot mm-hmm. about pranks yeah can we talk about burn of the week definitely peaked
0: fucking did it this is a baby nation baby nation this is a historic moment you and I synced up on that.
1: Yeah, I counted you in, Jack. We're gonna part the, the
0: kimono for them. Did I have a burn of the week? Yes, I did, my friend. I got two. So, Tanner, what is your? Bu- 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 burn of the week. <laughs> Claudia's <Holy> leg.
1: <laughs> Claudia's leg is broken. Mm-hmm. She has a cast, mm-hmm. a full leg cast. Yep. Being an artist, she wants to decorate it as much as possible. She wants every inch of that motherfucker covered in ink. Yep. <laughs> so she invites her friends to write messages. Marianne comes over. She. Draws a beautiful little hieroglyphic message on Claudia's cast. Mm -hmm. It says, "I car cry, comma. I I car laugh, comma. (laughs) Yeah, to think you want my car hyphen graph exclamation point. Yeah,
0: I didn't understand that, but then I figured it out. Can I tell the baby nation? Because I spent some time figuring this out. Mm -hmm. It works with auto. I auto cry." I auto cry. I auto laugh. I auto laugh.
1: I think you want my autograph. autograph.
0: I have. I have that in my section that's called the free play of signs and signifiers, mm-hmm. which, I, which I like cry, is I, a thing that happens in this me, book.
1: I car cry. I
0: auto. I,
1: I car laugh. Yeah. Anyway, it's not my burn.
0: Wait, you're going to... No, d- how dare you? you we'll get to your burn. You we're, brought are nipple up. deep
1: in a segment right now, man, and that segment is called Burn of the Week. That's, this
0: segment is called The Free Play of Signs and Signifiers. The... F-
1: f- f- <DON'T Learn> <pause demasi AUDIENCE muitos> free play of signs and signifiers. <laughs>
0: it's good. It sounds good. It feels good to say it with you. This is a thing that happens a lot in this book. The other one is these elephant jokes... They have yeah. this, there's an elephant moment. If, Baby Nation, if you have listened from the beginning, first of all, I if love I you, I way. kiss you. If yep. you have listened from the beginning. I love you, I kiss you. I love you, I <laughs> kiss <is> you. <laughs> check. I stepped on his line, but what he said was, I love you, I kiss <laughs> I you. I love you, I kiss you. Thank <laughs> you for being here since the beginning but you will know that elephant jokes is this crazy thing that comes up in the sitter yeah
1: it's how mimi learned how to be human again yeah it's
0: how <laughs> mimi learned how to be human again if they tell these crazy elephant jokes where it's like what do you do when there's an elephant in your refrigerator and it's like i don't know check what, the like, butter check the butter and there's an elephant joke in this book yeah in the escalating prank war Dawn is like okay i've got one she's like hey Pike kids There's a circus in town. And they're like, okay. And then she's like, oh my god, there's an elephant in the front yard. Right, like Elephants, as we know in the Sitterverse, is this stand-in for like just absurdity and like the meaninglessness of signifiers and like signifiers totally divorced from meaning. And like the other thing that's in my section that is called the free play of signs and signifiers is the phone calls that happen, which are never answered, where this motherfucker calls up and he's like, do you have Prince Albert in a can? And they're like, no. And then nothing, he's like, just hangs up. And then he's like, is your refrigerator running? We all know the answer to that. But Christy is like, uh, no, the refrigerator's not running. And the person doesn't say, well, you better go catch it. He's just, just like, okay. Just checking. Just checking. And hangs up. The third one is he calls up and he says, is Rita book there? And they're like, uh, no. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> It's signifiers divorced from their meaning. It's like a number station. It's like a It's like a <laughs>
1: Soviet spy yeah. was, like, calling in to, like, deliver his command, <laughs> his command
0: phrase. Read a book. Hello. Three, Omega. Nine, seven, Yankee. One, Hotel. Five. Foxtrot. Three, Read a book. Nine, Read a book. Seven, Read a book. One, Read a book. Nine. And Christy's like, uh, no, sorry, we're not, we're busy that day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, like... <laughs> <laughs> we we're gonna th- we're gonna talk about your burn of the week my man tell tell us tell us tell us the burn of the week listeners yeah you'll remember back to a sweet age yeah the heady days mm-hmm.
1: when i was talking about the fact that claudia broke her leg yep and everyone was signing her cast mm-hmm. and marianne drew a bunch of cars on it in this weird cryptic hieroglyphic poem christy my girl wrote a lewd poem mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is my burn of the week And I'll recite it now. God made rivers. God made lakes. God made Claudia. Well, we all make mistakes. You fucking undercut my goddamn burn. That's (sighs) a good burn of the week, and you undercut it with all this fucking code word
0: shit, and now it's meaningless. It's a good burn of the week, and I just want you to fucking sit in this right now, because this is my life. Every time. It just can't carry the weight. It can't carry the
1: weight of everything that came before it.
0: It's so... Baby Nation, please, I hope you were experiencing the same schadenfreude that I'm experiencing right now. Because this is what I go through every fucking time. I just want to make a simple fucking point. And this motherfucker takes us on a journey all around the world. And then I fucking land it with like, oh, well, uh, here's here's the... And here's the thing. Oh, it feels... So good. Let us. What's your burn of the week. Well, I wrote that one down. The second burn of the week is also a prank call. Mm-hmm. Someone calls up Jesse and says, Hello, this is Queen Elizabeth. Can I quickly
1: interject with a 20 minute oh, story about
0: the um, Heisenberg uh, rainbow principle? Oh,
1: Sounds very uh, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't have anything.
0: Somebody calls up Jesse and says, Hello, this is Queen Elizabeth. Is Prince Charles there? And she knows it's a prank. And so she says, yeah, he is, but he can't come to the phone. He's outside waxing his yacht. Goodbye. (laughs) That's my burn of the week. (laughs) (laughs) I gave you the best burn. It's not a great burn, but Jesse recognizes there's this string of crazy prank calls. We think it's Christy's brother, Sam. We don't know.
1: I like that there is an entire podcast mm-hmm. on the cutting room floor of this podcast yeah which is me explaining the <laughs> Warhammer 40K mythology to you i swear to god and it's like a it's like a good and robust podcast yeah, yeah. and no one will ever hear it no i mean i have and all... i know one of us is yeah. going to edit this episode and we're going to cut out the 15-minute-long segment I just went on about the Warhammer warp mythology and the the realms of chaos, but we're going to leave this part in.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be so tempting as an editor to cut that entire 15-minute digression where you explain the Warhammer mythology and edit it so it sounds like I say, here's my burn of the week. Jesse enters the phone. Hello, this is Queen Elizabeth. And then just say what she responds yeah and no one will be the wiser yeah that you what a beautiful world we live in 20 minute digression baby nation there are countless eras of time that i've listened to tanner explaining the warhammer mythology yeah and just cut it out of this podcast yeah if you know what here's what you should do tweet us
1: Find me, on Twitter. I'll explain, Find me on Twitter. I'll explain everything I'm able to shoot about the Shoot us a, shoot us a message
0: on uh, Facebook.com slash Babysitters Club. Oh, please,
1: please, and I cannot stress this enough. Rate, review, and subscribe to the
0: show on the iTunes. Nation. It's what keeps us relevant. It's what keeps us on the charts. Let me tell you something. In the previous episodes, we've said, please give us ratings and reviews, and then, then nobody has.
1: Yeah, and then one Actually, person that's not maybe true. did. That's not
0: true. Some people have, and we deeply appreciate it. We're talking to you. We're talking to you. Aaron check. We're talking to you. Sammy, Sammy Maine. Main.
1: We're talking to you. Jamie Greenring.
0: Oh wow, you call that your own wife. Tanner's own wife has not
1: has not if, Rated, if you give or subscribe to our show If on you iTunes.
0: give one pity rating and review. Sorry. If you give one pity five star rating and review yeah. for a podcast, glowing, glowing review for a podcast today. Give it to the Babysitter's Club Club on iTunes because Tanner's own wife has not taken the time. And if you give two? If you give two?
1: Go rate, review, and subscribe my wife's podcast, The Catapult. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what were we talking about? We're winding things down. And I, Jazz. Listen. Jazz. Yes.
1: Can I ask you a question?
0: What? Did you cry? It's that's so fucking weird. That is so weird and I don't like it. And I almost don't want to answer the question because you said it that way. Jack, can you introduce it in a way that I can do a little baby crying intro? That's like like a little sound effect underneath. That's Jack like Jack
1: Shepherd, did you have a tearful moment?
0: Um, I had here's my here's my tearfulest moment in this book, and I'm kind of interested to hear if you had one as well. That like w- weirdly choked me up. Like Claudia breaks her leg. This kid pranks her, and she like falls off a swing, and she breaks her leg in multiple places, and it's like kind of intense. And Claudia's like taking charge, and she's like, "Hey, uh, Betsy, can you go like call the." Nine one one, and like, can you also call Mallory and Dawn and Marianne and Christy And there was something about the way that all of the babysitters, despite their many differences that has torn them apart in recent books, just like rallied round. And they're like, "All right, well, Claudia is a monster. Claudia is like, Claudia is a shell of a human. She's not who she should be. Like, she feels weird. She's different, but." This is a time of crisis, and we're gonna show up. Like Don, like fucking runs over with Mallory, and Mallory like takes charge of the kids, and Don rides the ambulance. rides. Yeah, rides the an ambulance, and like there was something about that that like everybody rallying around Claudia and just being like, "Look, we're best friends for life, even if things aren't what they used to be." Mm-hmm. I won't say that I've I actually cried, but it made me feel really wistful and sad. That if was my you two-former.
1: broke your leg,
0: yeah. God forbid. Okay. You'll
1: probably break your leg playing soccer on Sunday afternoons. No, that's likely. Um, if I was there, yeah, and I'm not. If I
0: were there,
1: if I were there,
0: mm-hmm. don't participate in the death of the subjunctive.
1: And I w- and I won't be
0: because
1: mm-hmm. I'm not athletic. <clears throat> but if I were there, I would ride in the ambulance with you.
0: Really? Yeah. That means a lot. Thank you. Thank no, don't thank me. <laughs> My tearful
1: moment, yeah, occurred pages later Uh when Claudia was in the hospital, being fawned over by her her harem of family and friends and loved ones.
0: Yeah, well she there's this girl next door to her. Is this what you're gonna talk about? Like in the next bed to her is Cindy, who's they're
1: sharing a room, separated by a thin curtain yeah and like nobody fucking gives a shit about cindy. no one calls cindy. <laughs> no one sends cindy anything
0: and claudia is like kind of awesomely like i felt bad for her but like she's like a real whiner she's yeah. like 14 and she's like complains every time anybody does anything she's super and so obnoxious that's probably why she has no friends and like meanwhile i'm super fashionable so like everybody shows me. up because i wear like cool hats and shit yeah um claudia has a lot of
1: flowers mm-hmm. sent to her by people who love her yeah, and Claudia's mom suggests donating them to the elderly care facility, mm-hmm. and Claudia's like, "Nah, uh-uh. let's just give them to Cindy. Let's give them to Cindy." <laughs> and she pulls back the curtain between her and Cindy and says, "Cindy, do you want any, you want some of these flowers? Yeah, I think they'd look nice on your side of the room." Yeah, and Cindy is <laughs> touched.
0: Cindy is touched,
1: and it, the. It was moving. Yeah. Cindy really. Cindy is a is a, a bit player in this book. Yeah, barely uh-huh. mentioned. But Cindy has a real moment where she's like, "Oh my god, <laughs> fucking yes, hell!" Thank you. Wow. Yeah, and that's my tearful moment. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Cindy's super touched. This person who has been shut off from love, from affection. <laughs> From kindness, from from everyone, yeah, has a has a brief moment of like human, human connection. connection. Yeah,
0: I want to talk very briefly about a few things that we haven't covered. No, we got it all. Before
1: I've been Tanner Greenring,
0: we wrap things up. One,
1: I've been Jack Shepard. The way Claudia's wearing a bra now, you think boys that's and not just how been I invented? It's
0: not how I fucking talk. Ashley Wyeth is in this book. Very and briefly. And Ashley very, Wyeth. Very, the very briefly. Baby Nation, fans of the Babysitter's Club club and fans of the Babysitter's Club will know from previous episodes or previous books. Ashley Wyeth was in Claudia and the New Girl. Here she was it, the New Girl. She was the New Girl. Here is how Ashley Wyeth is described in this book. Literally, I'm reading this as a quote. It's when people are visiting Claudia in the hospital. Ashley arrived. Ashley left. That's it. That's all you get from Ashley. Yep, the Ashley stuff is um, Ashley. Oh no, here's what I Ashley want to say. is I a know. is a foil. I do want to say briefly about Ashley. She is the anti sitter. She always has been, and she
1: is continues that streak in this book. Claudia calls her at one point to get some advice because Claudia is really thinking about leaving the babysitter's club right. because she's terrified of. Hurting herself and jeopardizing her fashion and/or our career. Yeah, and she calls everyone, and Ashley Wyatt says, "Oh, good. Oh, excellent. Yes, devote yourself to your craft, Fine. to your dark arts." Yeah.
0: No, and this is like, and this ties into every, everything that I was saying earlier about the idea of leaving the Babysitters' Club means accepting death in this weird way, or like trying to face away from, like, eternal youth and learn what it's like to live inside this world where you get older and, like, don't... You're, like, not just babysitting all the time and you have, like, other hopes and dreams. Ashley Wyeth is, like, the dark, weird, desiccated example of that where she's just, like... She is the anti-sitter. She is... Like, she is the one who's telling Claudia to con- constantly telling Claudia, like, why would you be in this club? Why would you be in the babysitter's club? Get out. Fucking get out now. But when she shows up at the hospital, it just says, Ashley came, Ashley left. Like, there's no, like, presence there because she is, like, antimatter. Like, what she is is nothingness. What she is is choosing the void instead of choosing babysitting. It's choosing, like, like nothing like and uh, this is the choices claudia is faced with and this is the thing that we didn't touch She's
1: choosing the immaterium the chaos realms choose chaos choose in front of you is a
0: world of chaos and behind you realm in world demons dance a world in which the demons dance and behind you is a world of babies and sitting what do you choose claudia and what does she choose tanner babies she chooses the babies.
1: What would you choose?
0: I would choose chaos. I would dance with the demons. I would dance with the demons. Ladies and gentlemen of the Baby Nation, I
1: have been Jack Shepard. I this week have been Michaela.
0: (laughs) I this week have also been Lakeland. And I have also been this week Tanner (laughs) Greenring. Ladies and gentlemen of the baby nation, there have only, I can now reveal to you, there have only been two people on this podcast yeah, today.
1: It's <laughs> just me and Jack, but we're actors. Actors. No, <laughs> and if you have
0: read your Stanislavski, yeah. you know that we were inhabiting the roles of Michaela, we were inhabiting the roles of Lakeland, we were inhabiting the role of... Placed on us by society of Tanner Greenring and Jack Shepard. And, Jack, oh, okay.
1: What are we reading next week,
0: Baby Sorry. Nation? I'm not gonna say that I'm disappointed in you, but do read along with us. We're not, we can't do all this heavy lifting of describing the book for you if you're not gonna even bother reading along. Yeah, pull your weight, pull Baby your Nation. fucking weight, Baby Nation. And while we're talking about it. Please do subscribe on iTunes. Rate, review. Give us a rating. It helps us in ways that you cannot even imagine in your mortal minds if you give us a nice rating on iTunes. And if you want to. Yes. If you feel like
1: engaging with Jack Shepard, Tanner Greenring, Michaela Lakeland, Elliot the Demigod, anyone else who you've ever experienced in... This In- realm or any other. Mm-hmm. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash
0: Babysitters Club Club. Next week, we're going to be reading a little book that is called Christy and the Walking Disaster.
1: Man, finally
0: fucking Christy POV. It's been months. It's been too long. Baby Nation, I love you. I kiss you. What if we wrote...
1: <gasps> yeah. What if you and I
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Wrote a spin off series of books just about Jamie Newton. Okay. in his rise <laughs> to football Hall of Fame stuff.
0: <laughs> Cam Newton. Anyway, I've been Jack Shepard. I've been Michaela. Good night, Baby Nation. I love you. I kiss you. Claudia's wearing a bra now. The way she talks, you think boys had just been invented. Thank you. In 86, N.M. Martin Wrote the first book Of what became a cult now it's time
1: in the Warhammer 40K mythology, yeah, he was to how to travel faster than the way he's done in the Warhammer 40K universe is that they tap into the realm of chaos and the ætherium, and they temporarily and very quickly traverse realm chaos in order to exit our fate continuum and re another place millennia and light years away no no to travel between the two. Ted Bebekaran universe, but then also is entering the planes of madness, a higher ship of being, entering the planes where the other chaos had free domain over their psyche and over their body, and they warp occasionally they warp in these twisted, horrible, horrifying demonic entities and manage just spawn new beings for the ability to spread sea seed across lands. What
0: Wait, this, did that happen in this book?
1: No, that's the Warhammer 40K oh, mythology. Right. What was your burn of the week?